0: Even though Las Vegas had a task force looking at 1,400 cases of children that were brought to this one center, it was clear that there were lots of children. Simply by what they had when they came in, they inventoried the purse with condoms and a room key in it. They inventoried what the kids were wearing and how many needed clothes because they had no appropriate clothes they all had some things in common, and that many of them were pretty young.
1: Hello, and welcome to Invading the Darkness, stories from the fight against child sex trafficking, featuring Linda Smith, the founder of Shared Hope International join linda as she shares stories from her 23 years of fighting the battle of domestic minor sex trafficking our desires at each episode of invading the darkness will help you understand the importance of fighting child sex trafficking as well as equip you to join in that fight in this episode linda shares the process she went through to write her book renting Lacey. step into the darkness of the trafficking underworld meet the actual people who live there hear their words, and sense the terror, despair, and the hope. After listening to this episode, we invite you to
0: listen to Renting Lacey by downloading the audiobook for free. I had just finished the research on four countries and several areas in the United States to be submitted as a report to the State Department. It was supposed to be called Trafficking Markets, but at the last minute I changed it to demand, just the worst word demand with a period behind it, demand period. I was exhausted. I I realized that as we researched America and I saw so many kids that reminded me of my kids or my grandkids, that people weren't going to believe this. I'll say, I haven't ever seen that, and that I'd have to walk them in with me. I'd have to do some training if people would listen. So we took all that undercover, and with help from the FBI and others in law enforcement, we created training videos off of the undercover and the surveillance. But I go, well, that's going to help law enforcement understand. But what about ordinary families, the people that should take this very serious and protect their own children? What about children that should understand how predators work? What about school officers? And, and I went on and on. I'm going, oh, I have to write it. I decided I'd write a book, and I'd said I would not write a book because it's too hard. I'd written a short one before, but man, this is hard enough without writing it. it. took a lot of the cases, the women and children I'd met, some longer than others, some people brought to me by the FBI to interview um, who were involved in cases. And I started knowing enough full stories to know how it worked. Well, there's one particular case that was really clear to me that went into a place. It was Las Vegas, and it could have been in any site where they had conventions or major sports events. And they were the pimps were bringing in these girls, and this is told to me by several girls, but again, there's one particular case. And they were exchanging from all over the nation because there was a big fight that was going to be hosted, and more buyers demanded commercial sex after these violent fights. And unfortunately, it was violent and very difficult for those brought in. I started understanding some of the girls that were brought in and realizing that most of the girls, and yes, they were girls in this because that's what I was looking at. I wasn't looking where boys were being sold or I would have found them too. But Most of them had been brought in for a period of time. There were a few locals, but the locals were moved out of their places when there was a large event. The characters in it, the sheer market of greed, the abandonment of the buyer who went to Las Vegas with what happens in Las Vegas, days in Las Vegas, even though Las Vegas had a task force looking at 1,400 cases of children that were brought to this one center, and yes, the names on them were redacted. We weren't given the personal information, but we were allowed to read the cases. It was clear that there were lots of children, simply by what they had when they came in. They inventoried the purse with condoms and a room key in it. They inventoried what the kids were wearing and how many needed clothes, because they had no appropriate clothes that a kid should have, whether summer or winter in Las Vegas. So decided that those stories, those individuals, the one I talked to in Ohio, the ones that I talked to in Las Vegas, the ones my staff interviewed in other parts of the United States, in Atlanta, Georgia, Washington, DC, Baltimore, and on, they all had some things in common. And that many of them were pretty young. So I wrote Renting Lacey. (laughs) Again, this is not an easy thing to write about, but as I was getting to where it was just about done, I didn't have a title. Well, I was out on the back porch writing that morning. My husband came down and I had that look. He said, What's wrong? You know, we'd been married quite a few years and said, I can't think of a title. Buying kids, brutalizing Lacey. Uh, selling Lacey. He said, Linda, they're really not doing any of those things. They're renting Lacey. So that's where the title came from. But the book itself is written like a novel. And between chapters, there is a summary of what trafficking really is, the terminology, and a history in America at that point. In the front, the dialogue, language, Inside, like square means you don't understand trafficking. You're one of those people outside. The bottom means the one that manages the other girl. She could be young or old, but she is a manager and he's picked someone to manage them. They post the ads for the other girls. They still have to carry a clientele and bring in money, but they give the status of being the lead, the lead girl, the one in charge. Well, I got done. And decided I would circulate to the board of directors, to the lead staff, some friends, a few others, and quite a few survivors of trafficking who had helped me and helped inform the characters and the emotions and the real inside. Gave them the book. Didn't know what had happened. Survivors had informed it, so they were just fine. Very little tweaking. This is good. Ernie Allen was one of the vetters, and he started the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Many of you know about Ernie. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about his background in trafficking way before I started. I don't mean he was a trafficker, but how he started helping these children and others. And then I started getting just a few people saying the same thing. I couldn't read past Chapter 2. It was too raw, too hard for me to read. I just kept crying. I wanted to say, well, cry and keep reading. This is what really happens to these girls, but I realized that if people couldn't even stand reading about it, then they weren't going to really know how it worked. Ernie Allen said, Linda, they need to see it. His position was, don't edit it down. That I've been telling people for over a decade about these children, the exploitation in missing and exploited children is most of these children are exploited, they go missing. They're going into commercial sex, a pornography or prostitution. Just don't bring it down. We need them to understand. But somewhere in between those two appeals to edit it down or not even publish it, one person said it's like pornography. So I took these valuable opinions and I started closing scenes. So where a commonality of kids, you see quite often in cases, you'll see that they saw all these girls that were killed usually by a serial killer. And they would say the Jane Doe's were all, because they couldn't figure out who they were often, they were all prostitutes. They might say teen prostitutes or young prostitutes, but they were kids. That somebody had killed. That is a level of trafficking. But I just started with the one that you're already going, oh, too much. So let me go to another area. Commercial sex is violent. Violent. There might be a romantic encounter, but generally, if they want that, they just stay at the lounge at the hotel or at a bar and they can have sex with a convention, consensual sex with somebody else. This isn't. A time of the early 1900s after the 60s, consensual sex with people was very common and is even more so with hooking up online. It's violent, it's power, and it's control. It's dressing up like a child. If you happen to be 18, put your hair in pigtails. Dress like not a nurse, but a candy striper, a kid. Don't call it, call women, call it, call girls. It's a very young market, very, very young. So Renting Lacey goes into this world, and I close some scenes because they're too violent. What you will see, instead of what they did to her, a real story of a real girl. You're going to see it jump forward in some of the wounds being taken care of by the other women to get her ready so she can tolerate the next night because she will get beat by the pimp now that she's been beat by the, or hurt by the buyer. So I close the scenes in several places, and some places where the child is very young and the buyer is very adult. As the child told me the story, and I get to where other things are happening to her, people can't hear that. They maybe could hear it with an adult, but they have a hard time with a 12-year-old, and that's a real story. But I close the scenes, and open up other places, and you don't have to address those issues in most places in Reading Lacey. But I still have people, just even this last week, that say, I'm having a hard time reading that book, implying I don't know if I can. I think I understand that too, because it's raw. Not the book so much, it's been pretty cleaned up, pretty easy compared to what it was, but just pretty hard on our emotions. I just ask people to please try to read it. Cry a while and they read some more or take your anger and say, I am gonna do something. But as I look at that fight, as I go into the culture today, where are we in the movement? The biggest issue is still, like Brianna said, we have to have people know. She pleads with you on the training film or the uh, youth film, Chosen. You need to know, everyone needs to know because if we know, they can't trick us. People do need to know. And you need to understand the truth so you can protect your own children. But if you're interested in knowing more in an audio, I'll put a link, just click on the podcast side and I'll put a link there for you to go just to get a download of Renting Lacy. They definitely cost, producing it costs, but you know what? Lives depend on us understanding and that's the most important thing for me. You want to donate to Shared Hope to cover some of the costs, please do. But if you can't, that's okay too. Be informed, spread the word, and let's protect our children. Thank you for
1: listening to Invading the Darkness, stories from the fight against child sex trafficking. If you would like to learn how you can help put an end to child sex trafficking, please visit sharedhope.org slash takeaction. New episodes of Invading the Darkness are released every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific. If you have enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating as well as a written review. Join us in Episode 5, where Linda will take you deeper into the story of Yvonne. You first heard Linda share Yvonne's story in Episode 11 of Season 1. This time, you will get to hear straight from Yvonne herself.